What's up, guys? Oh, that's loud. Turn me down just a little bit. Thanks, man. Hey, sound tech, we don't have Roman with us tonight, who usually carries the bulk of it, but isn't the tech team doing a great job tonight? We got Devin giving us the extra help tonight. Thank you, Devin, for that. All right, so can you remember the last time that you played hide and go seek? Very long time ago. For some of you guys, it wasn't that long ago. Who went to Ignition? Okay, a few of you guys. We had we stayed the night at this church. We had the whole church to ourselves. It was all dark, all these rooms. It was more rooms than we have here at Anthem Church. And in those rooms, there's closets. And sometimes the, even the closets have closets. And there's this great place to hit, play hide-and-go-seek. So we had a lot of fun. And... Uh, Somebody went missing, not going to say who, Rocio and Sadie and Zach, but people started getting a little bit scared. And they came up to me and they're like, Jared, like Sadie and Rocio have been missing. I was like, oh, okay, like, isn't that the point of the game? Like to play hide and go seek? Sounds like they're doing a good job. So good for them. And then they're frantically looking, trying to find Rocio and Sadie, really freaking out and I thought, okay, it's not that big of a deal, but I thought, I might as well ask how long it's been. They said, oh, it's been like 45 minutes. They're still gone. Okay, well, maybe I can help look a little bit. So I start help looking, and people are getting really stressed out. Camilo's stressed out because his baby sister is missing. He's being a good older brother, and he's bawling his eyes out like, I've been such a bad brother. I was supposed to keep my eyes on her. My mom's going to kill me. Like... He missed, he's a good brother. Let's give up for Camila. He's being a good brother. And then finally, finally they were found. Now, hide and seek is a lot of fun until it gets real. Right, Camilo? Until it gets real. And in the Christmas story, they're in some closet just hanging out, chatting it up. Now, in the Christmas story, it's a story of peace and hope and joy. But to really understand the Christmas story... We actually have to go back in time. We have to go way back in time to the darkest day in history. And the darkest day in history was the first time that people really had to hide. They were running, I imagine, in the garden. Now, Adam and Eve were used to running. They were used to running two things. They were used to running to the tree of life. They were used to running to God, to each other. They were used to running, but as the trees and the leaves kind of blurred by in their vision, as they're sprinting, running just felt different this time. Because this time, they weren't running to something. They were running from something. Actually, they were running from someone who they were never made to run from. They were running from God. And Adam and Eve felt this uneasiness in their chest. I'm sure their heart was pumping really fast and they kind of just felt like they want to disappear and they didn't have a word to describe it because they never felt this way before. The word we use for that is shame. And as the blur slowed down after they were running and they they find a hiding spot behind the trees, they were hearing God walk through the garden, crying out, where are you? Where are you? 
And they remembered that the serpent, the one who like tempted them to disobey God and turn from him. That serpent told them, if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if you disobey God, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. But as they looked through the little crevices and the leaves behind the trees they were hiding behind, seeing God cry out in the garden, where are you? Where are you? As they looked and saw God from a distance and them all the way over here, they didn't really feel more like God. They actually felt less like God. DJ, sit in the back. Or sit back there, please. You guys are distracting each other. They felt less like God than they used to be. So they knew at some point they would be found. Because God is omniscient. That word omniscient means he knows everything. And God is in the garden saying, where are you? Where are you? But it's not that God didn't know where they were because God knows everything. But God wanted Adam and Eve to see exactly where they were, what their sin had done. And this is the emotion, the crying out of God, where are you? Because nobody had ever said those words before. God had never said the words, where are you? to anybody before because people and God were always close together before this moment. So as God is crying out, where are you? At some point they knew they were going to be found. So the man at some point admits where they are and God asked them, why were you hiding from me? And they said, well, we were hiding because we were naked. Now on our point of view, we think, okay, that's an obvious reason to like want to hide from somebody, right? If you guys walked into some area naked, you would probably want to hide. I remember when I was a kid in the ocean, my shorts got taken off by a wave and I tried to swim after it and it was gone, man. I was out there. I had no chance. And I wasn't like, okay, I guess I'll just walk back in. No, I wanted to hide. So we look at this and we think, okay, it makes sense they wanted to hide. But back then, that whole thing about being naked and the whole thing about being unashamed and vulnerable, that wasn't, that wasn't a thing yet. All they knew was vulnerability. All they knew was being totally honest and open with one another and with God because they lived in a perfect world. So God says, who told you you were naked? Who told you to have shame? Who told you to hide from me? Maybe you felt that way. Maybe you felt like You've wanted to just hide. Or you want to just cover your eyes and disappear from the world around you. And we say we're fine when people ask, how's your day at school? Oh, it was fine. But we don't want to talk about like the bullying that happened that day or how we felt left out that day. And in our selfies and in our pictures with our friends, we'll put a peace sign in front of our face, hiding our face because We feel ashamed or insecure about the beauty that God has imprinted on us. We hide. We hide behind putting on a good face. And we wonder if someone really knew me, would they look for me? Is anyone looking for me? Is God looking for me? Where are you? I think God asked us that question tonight too. Just like he asked Adam and Eve in the garden, where are you? Who told you to feel this way? Because it wasn't God. God asked them, why did you disobey me? Why did you eat this fruit you weren't supposed to eat? And they start playing the the blame game. And you guys have played the blame game. We've all done it. 
Who made the mess in the kitchen? Point at your sibling. Even if it might have been mostly you or 50% you. And so the, the man says to God, oh, the woman that you gave me. So he not only blames his wife Eve, but he blames God. He says, that woman you gave me told me to eat the fruit. And then God turns to the woman and says, is this true? And she says, well, this serpent over here tempted me to eat the fruit. And then this curse happens. And the curse is the consequence of sin. It's what brought brokenness into our world where people no longer live in harmony with God's good design, but chose their own flawed design instead. And it brought sin and death and disease And just everything that you think is wrong with this world has been brought by this thing we call sin. And when God was telling them about the curse that happened, God cursed this serpent. And when he did that, he made a promise. And this is the first promise that God ever made in Scripture. And it's the biggest promise he ever made. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. He says to the serpent, And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. So God makes this serpent, this little snake here, and the woman sworn enemies. By the way, if you you don't know this, the serpent is really the devil. The woman is Eve. And God makes them sworn enemies. And he tells the serpent, Someday... You are going to injure somebody who comes from the woman. You're going to strike them on the heel. That's an injury. But this person who is to be born of the woman is going to strike you on the head. He's going to deal a death blow to you. In other words, he's going to defeat you. The thing that you caused to happen here today in the garden, this separation between me and people that I love and that I created, this person who comes from the woman will someday bring me and my creation back together. That's what God is saying. That's the promise that he made. And soon after, Adam and Eve have to leave this perfect place, the Garden of Eden, because of their sin. And after that, you have the first sibling rivalry that ended in murder, Cain and Abel. Some of you guys already sometimes feel that way about your siblings. I hope you never go as far as Cain and Abel did, Cain killing Abel. And then all this sin and death came into our world. And the world was broken as we know it today. And thousands and thousands of years go by. And in those thousands of years, God calls people to be His, to be His chosen people. And they follow Him, but then they mess up. And then they follow Him again and they mess up. And this cycle continues over and over and over again. And they're oppressed and they're defeated by their enemies. And they're taken over by this country and that country. And they're crying out to God, but all the while... They're holding on to this promise. The first promise that God made that someday someone will make right what went wrong that day in the garden. But while people were waiting for this promise, they felt uncertain. Maybe you know what it feels like to be uncertain. As a teenager, you're uncertain about who you're going to be. You wonder, when am I going to get a girlfriend? When am I going to get a boyfriend? When am I going to get accepted to college? Or what job am I going to have? What's God's plan for my life? There's all kinds of questions. There's a lot of uncertainty. But in the middle of the uncertainty of your life, you can know this. That God is dedicated 
to keeping his word to you. Hebrews chapter 23, start chapter 10, verse 23 says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And thousands of years later, there was prophets and priests and kings that were crying out for this promise like, God, when is it going to happen? Thousands of years later, finally, finally, after all this time, God's first and biggest promise was fulfilled. Luke chapter 1, verse 28. We're introduced to the woman. And the woman was actually a teenager, like you guys. Back in their culture, it was common to get married at a very young age. And so this teenage woman named Mary has an angel named Gabriel come to her and say, Hey, the promise is here now. Look at this in Luke chapter 1, verse 28. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month for the word of the Lord will never fail. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So the angel comes to her and says, this promise is going to happen. You are the chosen woman to be the one to deliver the person who would crush the head of the serpent, strike the head of the serpent. And how did Mary feel? If we have that verse up there, how Mary felt, go back to the first part right there. Mary felt confused and disturbed. Have you ever felt confused and disturbed? I had to stay in the middle school boys' cabin at camp. And with some of the conversation topics, I felt confused and disturbed. But we made it through. Sometimes God calls us to do big things where we feel confused and disturbed. Joe, could you grab Ellie for me? Thank you. For example... Three and a half years ago, God called my wife Brianna and I to come here to San Diego. I got hired as a youth pastor at a church uh, down further into San Diego. And so God called us to go there, but Brianna wanted to be a physician assistant, a PA. And there was no PA school in San Diego. But we took that step of faith, said, well, maybe she has to commute to this place or that place. We took that step of faith and moved down here. And literally within the year that we moved down here, the first ever PA school was started in San Diego. But still, even though that happened, there were thousands of applicants and a 2% acceptance rate out of thousands of people, they accept only 30 people. 
And so Brianna applied, but she barely had the hours to get it. Compared to other people, her resume was not the best because they were older, they had more experience, she was fresh out of college. So her resume didn't look good. I think she looks amazing. But at that time, her resume did not look as good compared to other people. So she tried, she got in, miraculously. 2% acceptance rate, she got in. And two and a half years later, this Saturday, she is walking the podium and graduating. So we're so proud of her. But even though we were confused, like, God, why are you calling us here? Brianna has this calling on her life. We, I have this. What are you doing? God brought it all together. Even if things are confusing right now, even if things feel disturbing to you, when you take that step of faith, God will work it out. And it's not comfortable because it's not in your plan. We all have plans, but God's plan is not the same as ours. And when God calls us to do something that steps out of our plan, we feel, say it with me, confused and disturbed. I had plans. I remember when I was a sixth grader, I thought this summer is going to be the summer when I hit this thing called puberty. And I'm going to be a man. And I'm going to be over five feet tall when I go to seventh grade. And all the ladies are going to love me. W is, right boy? So I, I go to junior high, seventh grade, and I made it over five feet tall. And seventh grade girls, if a boy's over five feet tall, he's automatically like the most attractive guy in the world, right? No. Unfortunately for me. There's this girl in my history class. This all just came flooding back to me today. Her name was Riley. Miss Maynard was my history teacher. I remember this boring class. And Riley sat in front of me. And back in that day when you liked somebody, you had to like, I don't know if you guys do this, but we had to like tell our friend, hey, ask that person out for me because I'm too scared to like be a man and do it myself. So that was the thing. Do you guys still do that? Yes. Yes? Okay. I mean, at least like in middle school when you're younger. So I had, I know I should have manned up. So my friend Nick, he went and asked her for me. Hey, Jared like wants to go out with you, whatever. Like, what do you think? And she says to Nick, well, I want him to ask me himself. And so they come back and like, you need to do it yourself, man. I was like, no, I don't want to, or whatever. So I'm there in history class. I tap on her shoulder. I was like, hey, Riley. And I was like, she turns around and she's like, yes. And I was like, so do you want to go out with me? And she's like, sorry, I'm not interested. And she turns around. So it's like, you wanted me to do this whole thing in person just so you could reject me in person. I had plans. To be a certain kind of person in middle school, but that plan didn't really work out for me. It worked out later because I got Brianna, but it didn't work out in middle school. Middle school boys, there's still hope for you. Okay, if you get anything from this message tonight, maybe you have plans like I do. Maybe your plan is like, all right, God, my life mission, I'm going to be popular. I'm going to do all the TikTok dances, whatever you, whatever's going on these days, and I'm going to be an influencer, and I'm going to be so cute all the time, and everybody's going to like me, and everybody's going to look at me and think how cool I am, but maybe, hold on, maybe God says to you, hey, I don't want you to use your influence to point people to yourself. I want you to use your influence to point people to me, and then you have to choose, will I surrender to what God's asked me to do? Or maybe some of you guys are like older in high school and, and you're thinking about 
college and you think I have this job lined up and I'm going to be rich and I, I got this whole career and I know what I'm going to major in and all that stuff. But then God calls you to be a missionary in a third world country where you're just going to be broke and have no money. What do you do? Are you going to step into the plan God has for you? You're going to surrender to him. And not everything God asks us to do is stuff we don't want to do. But in everything we do, we do have to surrender to God. So here's what we can learn from Mary. We are not in control. Control is an illusion. God is in control. Turn to your friend and say, you're not always in control. And that's okay. You guys, here's what we can learn from Mary. You can't always control, but you can always surrender. You can't always control, but you can always surrender. Look at this in verse 38. What Mary did, her response in verse 38 right here. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left her. Mary was a teenager just like you with her own plans for her life, with her own dreams, with her own desires. And God came in and said, I have something way bigger for your life, way more important for your life than you could ever even dream of or ever even expect. And Mary could have said, no way, God, I'm going to go my way. But she surrendered. And because she surrendered, God chose her to be one of the biggest influencers of all time, to be the woman who brought the Savior into the world. What are you trying to control? You know what it looks like when we control things? Malachi, sit back there. Guys, come on. I can't keep doing this. You know what it looks like when we try to control things, though? It looks a little bit like Adam and Eve hiding from God in the garden wearing clothes that they made themselves. Because we have our problems and we think, God, I'm going to hide from you right now and I'm going to take care of this myself. I can fix this, God. I can be better. I can feel better on my own. I can take care of this myself. But we're hiding from God and failure after failure after failure. Deep down, our soul is crying out for a Savior. And God says to you, I kept my promise to you. I sent my son to be born of the virgin from the woman to make right what went wrong in that garden that day so you don't ever have to hide from me again. So stop trying to do this on your own and just surrender. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 through 15 says what Jesus did. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. Blood. That's the Christmas story. Is the son of God, Jesus, becoming flesh and blood. For as only as human being could die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. He's striking the head of the serpent. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to fear of dying. Why were Adam and Eve hiding in the garden? God said, if you eat from this truth, Read from this tree, you will surely die. They were afraid of dying. And what they did brought physical and spiritual death. That means relational separation from God into the world. 
But Jesus came so we don't have to be afraid of that, so we can step out of hiding and have a close relationship with God again. The Christmas story is Jesus the Son went to the cross to pay for our sins, to beat the devil, to set us free. So how are you set free? You have to do what Mary did. You have to surrender. You surrender to God. Everything. Maybe there's something that you need to surrender. Maybe you already know Jesus and there's an addiction that you need to surrender. Or maybe there's a relationship. Or maybe you have emotions that you feel like aren't good for you. You need to surrender that to God. Or how you feel about yourself. You need to surrender that. Or your control of your future. You need to surrender that. We all have something. We need to surrender to God. But maybe tonight it might be your life. Maybe you've never made that choice to say, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. I want to follow you for the first time and live for you. Whatever is for you, we can surrender tonight. Let's bow our heads in the attitude of prayer. And as we're bowing our heads, I want you to think of that thing that you can surrender to God. I don't know what that might be for you, but I want you to have that on your mind. As we pray, Lord, we're thinking of these things that we can surrender to you. God, whether it's our accomplishments, our future, our relationship, an addiction, a struggle, whatever it is, God, every one of us has something on our minds, God, and we just say we surrender this to you. We can't control it, Lord. But like Mary, we want to live lives of surrender. So we surrender it to you tonight, God, and we ask that you flood us with your peace. God, I pray tonight that students would come out of hiding that they would come out of hiding and from that place of shame to the place of acceptance into your love, into your grace. And Lord, if nobody has ever surrendered their life to you, God, they would talk about that in small group and make that choice to do that. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.